Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What is up? Hello and welcome. It's 2023. It's a new year, a new season of Colossal Law, and I'm starting it off right with a great five-man podcast today. It's me, Justin Brown, your host. I got Paxton Graff on the side with me. Kyle Owen, I don't think I've ever had you on the podcast with us. Nope, I did, never been here. I, I think you re- Did you do the original episodes back in the day? Never been here. Okay, he's never been here. I got <laughs> J.P. Flanagan, the OG, and then I got Kobe Jackson here as always, keeping it awesome. And we got a great episode for you guys, and hoping everyone had a great new year and holiday break. But we are getting right into action here at Texas State, and we're talking about Texas State sports first, and that's Bobcat women's basketball. Right now, both basketball teams are both 2-2 two and two in conference, but the Bobcats women's basketball team is 10-5, and five, and they're coming off a really tough 20-point loss against Louisiana. Guys, what are y'all's thoughts on this team so far and the way they're starting to get into motion? I mean, last year... You know, we saw this team go on winning streaks for a while. Right now, they're doing pretty, I would say, mediocre or pretty average right now. Kobe, what are your thoughts on the season so far? I mean, I mean, the record kind of speaks for itself. But, you know, I know once, you know, conference play really begins, then, you know, tougher opponents really start happening. But, I mean, you know, during the break, we really saw, you know, the Bobcats really strive and, you know, compete with, you know, non-conference teams. But now it's, you know, conference play, you know, it's tougher you know, players are wanting that conference championship and eventually could lead into, you know, the NCAA tournament later on. But other than that, the Bob, uh, women's uh, basketball team is doing, you know, phenomenally well. I hope they kind of keep this pace going, you know, compared to, you know, how last year was. So let's, you know, hopefully they can keep the momentum going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, conference play is definitely where you start to learn a lot about your team. And um, this is really the, the time we get to see uh, it, how we stand to competition of the same kind of level, because you never know how, how teams go into it coming into the season, how if they're out of shape or be it they had s- coaching changes and now the era of the transfer portal. So now we're kind of like settling in and really going to figure out what this women's team is about. And I think right now we should be a little optimistic about where this trajectory is. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Like the trajectory is in the right place. You talked about the record, Kobe. Record speaks for self uncharacteristic loss 20 points to louisiana last week i mean things happen sometimes you know things you have a bad night things don't go the ball doesn't bounce your way whatever uh at the end of the day i think that this this women's basketball team does have a shot at a sunbelt championship they just got to keep it grinding it out and uh like you said guys conference play gonna be the tougher um tougher side of the season 100 percent, and you know i think that with the personnel this team has you have a coach that's only a few wins away from having the all-time most winningest coaching record which is coach zenry antoine and you talk about the personnel on this team i mean tiana eaton for example great pickup on this team so far and if she gets one more block she'll be the first ever tech state bobcat to have 20 blocks in a single season Aww. as a bobcat yeah really for real and honest <laughs> we got to talk, talk about even more personnel we got to talk about kennedy taylor i mean kennedy taylor if you don't know who kennedy taylor is you go to any women's basketball game she's the one dishing it she's stealing it she's running it down the court and she can barely take a water break it seems like <laughs> right now guys she's doing amazing things she is going to be if Kennedy Taylor continues how she's doing with eight or more assists this season. She's averaging eight or more assists this season. She will be 
the first Bobcat to oh, have wow. five consecutive seasons with a hundred or more assists. So if she continues her average, she will be passing any other Bobcat. Yeah, and right she now she has ninety two already. That's see, yeah, it's, she's going to get it with eight, eight more, eight more, literally eight more. I must have read that wrong, Kyle. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for helping me on that. Um, but Kennedy Taylor, even Dimension. If she t- takes the court this, you know, Thursday, mm-hmm. Thursday morning's game, she'll be the first only Bobcat ever to be top ten in four <clears throat> different career statistic categories. She's first in assists with 664 assists for the Bobcats. She's second in steals, 226. Jesus. She's eighth in three points made, and she's ninth in free throws. So this is just a great player. And right now, their next matchup is going to be against Georgia State, another conference team. They have a winning record right now against them. And if you look at their series history, the Bobcats haven't lost a game to them since mm-hmm. 2017. So, yeah, they're playing their next game. It will be home in Strand Arena on January 12th at 11 a.m. That is tomorrow. Um, definitely go out there and support the Texas State Bobcats. That broadcast will be on ESPN+. Another basketball team that we need to mention for Texas State, and that's the Bobcats men's basketball team. And, guys, recently, I don't know how y'all feel about this team. They're 9-8 and eight overall. <sighs> You know, they played some some they played in a tournament early on in the season. They played against some really you know, higher ranked teams, but right now they're two and two in conference. And they got you know came off a really good win recently, guys. Their last game was an eight point win over South Alabama, where they led the entire ball game. Not one point of that game was it tied or were they behind. And guys, you got players like Mason Harrell, the leader on this court, he's doing great things. But you also have Brandon Davis, mm-hmm. you know, Tyrell Morgan, who's able to dunk it down. Guys, what are your thoughts on this new personnel, this new squad for men's basketball? Do you think that they're going to have a chance to win the Sun Belt regular season title again? I mean, they're doing it back to back already. Do you think they could do it again? Um, I think that's definitely the goal because, I mean, going into the season, I think us being so close to making the tournament last year, I, I think a lot of people will thought, you know, that would maybe be the next stepping point with, with the players we lost <coughs> going into the season and um, really just ha- having to deal with that. I, I think this team is like taking a few steps backwards, and that's not, not necessarily a bad thing, but we have to be. A little more reasonable with our expectations here, and I think uh, Sun Belt uh, Championship is definitely still in play here. Because I mean, obviously the Sun Belt does their tournament and stuff like that, so Texas State has a chance there. But I mean, ever since that loss to uh, Harden Baylor, um, very hard to find optimism. But I mean, with a goal like that still in, still in like possible. I mean, you, you have to look forward and you know um, w- what we can do in the Sun Belt. You know, you mentioned that loss to Mary Harden Baylor. I was looking at it too, like that. I, it is difficult to see losses like that, um, especially you know teams like Rice and and uh, you know you you do lose some against top heavy teams like Washington State. It happens, things like that. You know, you you get to kind of see the real characteristic of your team when you play teams like that. But I mean, it happened last year. We lost a really tough game that we shouldn't have lost and uh came out conference play and and uh, started off slow and then and then all of a sudden we were winning i think it was i think at one point like 11 straight or something like that and uh came up with the conference championship and i mean it's just one of those things that i think that uh you know this team over the past few years obviously they've showed us things that we've we've enjoyed and had a good time watching and and uh i think that uh it's still coming it's it's just one of those things it's kind of got a move its way in and and they're starting to get there right now I and mean, they're on a two-game Sunbelt Conference winning streak they started 0-2 now they're 2-2 and uh, I think all you can do is go up from here so yeah I agree because you know I, and I know this week this kind of been a running gag you know with Texas State sports is that momentum is seriously key and if you have you know like, like I said before if you have great momentum no matter if you're playing a sport then it carries on to you know future wins and possibly more 
you know, championships along the road. And I feel like this tech, the men's team can really, really handle that if they can, you know, get back. Cause they're, they're, they've won two straight. They've won against Al- uh, South Alabama and James Madison. So if they can keep, you know, riding the momentum that they have in conference play, I think they'll have more strong possibilities uh, when it comes to uh, conference championship. I believe so as well, Kobe. You know, this team, they're riding off a win with South Alabama, and if they want to build that momentum, as you mentioned, Kobe, they're going to have to win this next game where they'll be playing against the Arkansas State Red Wolves away. And actually, you know, this is kind of, if you're looking at series history, which is something I always like to look at, mm-hmm. the Bobcats are actually on on the road against ASU. They're actually leading all time, 5-3 and three in that series, so they're getting more wins. And currently, the Bobcats are on a, it is a, current 11 forward advantage all-time series and right now they have won the last three games by 10 or more points so this is is looking pretty Mm. good for the bobcats it's just they need to maintain their 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 message and what coach tj has been saying you know just playing defense at all possessions continuing to play your best brand of basketball and trying to see who these new players and how the rotation work if you look at mason harrow he's averaging 16.9 points per game he's currently leading in most field goals most three-pointers most free throws and most steals isn't that crazy? Look yeah. at that. That is a floor leader. And you have someone on that like that on the court, it's going to make everyone else around you get better. So awesome to see if they can win this next game. This next game will be an away game at 7 p.m. And that will be tomorrow in Arkansas. So and that, they have, and sorry to interrupt, yeah, no, but they good. have a three-game losing streak right now. So. Oh, I read that the wrong way. <laughs> no, so they have lo- they've lost three straight to ULM, South Alabama, and Troy. So let's hope maybe – Four in a row could be really sweet. Oh yeah, you're talking about Red Wolves yes. are on a losing streak. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. We're so, on a winning streak. Okay, so both let's use our momentum. <laughs> take away their momentum. But one team that has a lot of momentum, guys, they're playing amazing basketball. And this isn't collegiate basketball. This is high school basketball. This is in San Marcos. That's the San Marcos High School Rattlers who are on a 19 game winning streak. Paxson, when was the last month that they won a game? I mean, they lost a game. Uh, the great turkey month of November. That was the last time. <laughs> that was my birthday month, and it's been a while. You know, I've been 20 for a while now. Um, but, guys, what are y'all's thoughts on this San Marcos Rattler basketball team? I mean, they came out of a really strong conference last year with Westlake and Lake Travis, and right now it seems they're taking advantage of this conference, and they're on a 19-game winning streak. Are you excited to see these Rattlers? And do you think they can do better than that first-round loss they had last year by missing a clutch free throw? That was pretty tough for the Rattlers. Do you think Caden Gums, Malik Presley, they got what it takes to continue i mean without even getting a deep dive in on the team just looking at that record alone you you have to see like very impressive stuff right there um having played high school basketball 25 and 2 is very very difficult to achieve um keeping that sort of mentality and going into it week in week out um very difficult um i mean and then looking down that name that list of names right there um some definitely some good teams in there i mean besides the two losses to stony brook and then uh, I forgot the other ones. Seven, but, seven leagues. I mean, they've surely learned from their mistakes at this point, and uh, I think they c- continue to uh, you know, keep that going, and y- you like what you see so far. Yeah, but there's one thing I do want to point out is that, keep in mind, San Marcos is now in a new district this year, so, you know, obviously they don't have to deal with, you know, Lake Travis and Westlake, probably, hopefully, not until later on down the road if they get far into uh, the UIL Texas, turn- uh, Texas tournament. But other than that, this basketball team, I mean, 
what a huge improvement from what last year was because honestly we had a lot of questions about their team last year and you know the coach you know you know possibly you know the coaching being bad or you know is it just maybe players just not getting enough rest or whatever the excuse was this team is full-on in full gear and honestly this team has so much power i actually was able to watch them you know watch one of their games during the break and i was honestly really surprised because they aren't because like i said i'm a san marcus local native i don't think i've seen more better basketball than i've seen this team than more than this team and i've seen a lot of them in previous years but this team in particular has probably been one of the better teams that they have had excuse me in in previous years and honestly i honestly have really strong possibilities of this team going really far but like i said it's uh, which we call comp- uh, not conference time, excuse me, district play currently. So they're going to be hitting into some tough teams like Steele, you know, like Judson. And I know New Braunfels was kind of the main, you know, storyline in high school football this past season, but football's over. So let's see, you know, what happens with basketball this time. Yeah, you're talking about what's going to happen in basketball. And this is Pax and Graf, by the way. I, <laughs> I haven't really had anything to say, but Sam Marcus, this is my time to talk now. And, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed watching this team all season. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to cover them or watch them in the past couple weeks due to the break. But, man, they did not give up over that break. They, they said, you know what, we don't count this as a break. We count this as an opportunity to get better, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they have 10 more games left. They could, you're looking at a team that could go 35-2 and two in the great state of Texas high school basketball. I mean, that's almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, the only teams that do that are Duncanville and Westlake. And luckily, for San Marcos' sake, they don't have to worry about Westlake anymore. In fact, looking at this district, honestly, no offense to the other district opponents, it's kind of an easier district for San Marcos. Mm-hmm. The only other team that you have to worry about is New Braunfels. I believe they're 20 and 3 right now overall. Uh, that's the only other team. But I mean, you could really win the district, which would be huge going to playoffs. You get that uh, first-round matchup against a fourth seed from another district. That would be huge going into, you know, potential state championships. You don't know. But I will like to point out today it was officially announced that Malik Presley and Caden Gums are both McDonald's All-American nominees. Oh, wow. That is huge. That is, yeah. I mean, two to be on the same team. And uh, Caden Gums. I mean, Caden Gums missed, like, the first three weeks of the season due to apparent foot injury mm-hmm. or leg injury. And the fact that he missed that amount of time and he's still on the collegiate stage or the prestigious stage, mm-hmm. I should say, of high school basketball uh, is unbelievable. So, you know, congrats to those guys. But season's not done yet. First district opponent uh, this Friday night that we'll be covering. So y'all make sure to tune into that. But, I mean, it's it's been exciting to cover them, and I can't wait for the Tim Moore games that we have. Yes, as you mentioned, Paxton, this next game will be Friday at 7 p.m. in the Snake Pit against Clemens. And I love that you gave recognition to that McDonald's nominees because, you know, people that got those nominations, those are some of the best basketball basketball players players in the the country. In the country. And to think that Caden Gums is a Texas State commit, and that's really awesome as well, meaning he's going to be coming to Texas State to play basketball. So that's really exciting. So you want players like that coming into the basketball program. So Coach TJ must be excited about that. Literally just have to go across the street too yeah like yeah, you know exactly. just drive a few minutes and you're already there but we're gonna free dorm yeah you, you right realize <laughs> that? You just stay at home i mean you're saving thousand yeah, dollars but right? he's getting a four ride never mind he <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah only if i could hoop right <laughs> maybe i wouldn't be broke um but let's zoom out a little bit out of the local crowd and let's talk about something that happened in sofi stadium the other night 
You talking about a massacre? I'm talking about a massacre. I'm talking largest national football championship blowout ever. R.I.P. Hypno Frog. 65 <laughs> to 7. The Georgia Bulldogs finish their season undefeated against the TCU Horn Dog. I mean Horn Frogs. Horn Dog. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that'd be funny. I mean, they, I guess they made them the horn dogs. I don't know, but um, sixty-five to seven. You see Max Dugan throw two interceptions. I've said his last name wrong too, because that man doesn't know how to throw the football. Obviously, fourteen for twenty-two. <laughs> and then you see Stetson Bennett on the other side do three hundred and four uh. yards. You know, four touchdowns. I mean, what a performance from Stetson Bennett. I mean, people are dogging on him for being 25 years old, but man, really did a great thing. Guys, what are y'all's reaction to Mattress Mac losing three and a half million dollars, but also the Georgia Bulldogs having a potential ability to do this another year in a row? It's nothing he hasn't hasn't lost or won before. So I think I think he's gonna be okay Tax at the write-off. end of the day. Yeah, uh-huh. right. And uh but uh but the Georgia Bulldogs, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, they, they were the best team in college football. Yeah. Um, I do believe that uh, TCU necessarily shouldn't have been there. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think they were the second best team in the country. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, they did win their their semifinal game. Um, but uh, but don't be surprised when that playoff expands. Uh, teams like that will get weeded out <laughs> in the first couple rounds. But um, but yeah, man, I, I just. You know, it, it's disappointing to see the season end like that at the end of the day. But, uh, but you just got to keep keep believing in college football, and uh, hopefully one day uh, we'll finally get a national championship that's worth watching. <laughs> you know, you know, I was watching. I w- I watched Georgia versus Ohio State, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought Ohio State was going to win that, like hands down. But you know, it is what it is. This, this you know, uh, to me, that was the national championship right there in my book because everything that you know lived up to you know. You know, Stenson Bennett, and then obviously CJ Stroud. You know, obviously going into the draft this coming uh, this coming year, and you know, honestly, that game alone was you know was phenomenal. But I was honestly, I think it would have been better if we would have had honestly them two in the national title game than TCU in Georgia. Because honestly, you know, because I know you know some of us we were here in the KTSW studio having a little you know a little watch party trying to watch the game and stuff. But honestly, after the first quarter, we were just like, man, this is yeah, we were playing noodle. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, this was it was. It was pretty ugly, but I want to kind of dive out of the cha- national championship. I kind of want to dig into more of the bowl games per se, because I know I kind of had some predictions of some of the bowl games, like uh, number twenty Texas and number twelve Washington. Washington came out the victory. I know Paxton, you were probably upset about that game. I know yeah. you're a strong, strong Longhorn uh, football fan in the KTSW studios. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, brother played for the team. <laughs> So, but I mean, but if I had, you know, obviously all the ball games were great. But the one game I do want to highlight a lot is Tulane versus USC. That was an unbelievable matchup Mm -hmm. that took place in Arlington, Texas. And honestly, if I can, you couldn't have scripted that any better. But back to, you know, back to the national championship. I honestly think Georgia could three-peat. However, I don't know what recruiting is going to look. I know they're like what top five and you know recruiting this year again for like the third straight year. So, um, <laughs> um, but you know it is what it is. You know I'm for you know congratulations to Georgia and you know I mean I'm glad TCU did make it because I know it's been a long time since a Big Twelve team has made it to the national title game. But I mean you know 
it happens. You know, yeah, you, since, it happens. Since you just mentioned three P, Mattress Mac has bet on against the the Bulldogs twice in the past two years. So bet. if you're if they're gonna make it back to the championship next year, don't do what Mattress Mac says. Okay, <laughs> definitely put your money on the Bulldogs. But um, just just to speak a little bit about the game, I would definitely say it was a, it was a little odd that we didn't see Quentin Johnston get involved. Uh, one of the best receivers on TCU the whole year, uh, previous Texas commit, a guy that I mean <coughs> the whole state of Texas had their eyes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to me, I know you said Ohio State, but I think the best game that we really could have seen would have been Alabama Georgia with uh, Bryce Young really getting a chance to redeem himself. Uh, I know a lot of people were high on that Ohio State team and even that Michigan team for, for that matter. But I really think an SEC matchup probably would have been a lot better than this TCU game because mm-hmm. uh, it was it was hard to watch. The TCU had really nothing to get going for them. And, I mean, a team that had allowed Texas to sack them five times, I mean, you knew Max Duggan was going to have a hard problem, especially with Javon Carter uh, just absolutely disrupting that line. But, uh, yeah, not a, not a very exciting game. But, you know, I think Georgia has definitely a chance to win a, th- a three-peat. Yeah, you know, it comes down, the bowl season comes down, or really the whole season comes down to this one game, and out of all bowl games, this was the most lopsided one. The second one was uh, LSU and whoever they played against, I forget Purdue, Purdue, uh, which was 63-7. to This one took the crown, and it was was very unfortunate to watch. But, you know, uh, there's not really much you can say about this game, so I'm not. I'll, I'll go on bowl season. Bowl season was fun this year. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I sh- I sent y'all uh, y'all as the sports staff a message of me calling the Tulane upset. Uh, I had a friend who went to the game, and I texted him at like 11 a.m. that morning. The game was at like two, two yeah. saying like, uh, "Go enjoy a Tulane win or Tulane dub." And I took a screenshot of that to prove everyone. I called it, (laughs) and it worked. But, man, that was a fun game to watch. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously upset about the UT loss. uh, But, you know, it it was kind of sad because you didn't get to see Bijan go out with a dub or anything like that. He he, uh, He unfortunately set out this one. And uh, DeMarvion (laughs) Overshone out this one as well. So it was kind of sad to – See, especially Bijan. Bijan was such a great guy on and off the field, and kind of sad to see him go. But you know, we were pointing out it, it's a little upsetting um, how UT, how corrupt their alumni system is. Their boosters they they take a guy like Tom Herman who wins you bowl games, and Amen. they say, let's let's get rid of him, even <laughs> though he's trying to he's trying to completely convert a program that was in the dirt. Let's get rid of him and let's hire this big um, SEC guy. And it's kind of upsetting because this is what we get. Uh, but I bet you, I bet you a million dollars, Tom Herman would have found a way to win oh, that bowl absolutely. game. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, just to it's sad. Comment on that just a little bit because I mean I feel like Texas kind of had the opposite way of that for just a little bit. Like they weren't having players declare yeah. immediately. Like they were taking advantage of that last game. Like whenever we beat Georgia, <laughs> I feel like Texas fans were hyping that up. But Georgia was like, oh, half our players were. You know, declaring for the draft, and I feel like Texas got kind of that taste this year. Like our big, you know, the big guys were declaring for the draft. So I mean, I think Bijan's in that game. We win. Yeah. But uh, I mean, just you know, a different side of the story this time. You know, having you know the best players commit for the NFL draft. Yeah, but it other than that, it was a really entertaining bowl season to watch. I mean, I I loved watching those games. Bowl season is the best time of the year. 
Uh, unfortunately, we we didn't get to see a Bobcat Bowl season, but yeah, I mean, what yeah. GJ right now looking looking pretty good with this recruiting system. You know, that's the perfect segue into the next topic, <laughs> Paxton. And, you, know, you know, I looked at it perfectly. You know, you just did great. And <laughs> the truth is, is that yeah, GJ Kenny, he's got some new signings. And JP, who are these new signings? Um, but before I get into that, I just GJ, he's doing a great job. He he emphasized going back to the high school recruiting, like specifically, and he's doing a great job at that. I I mean, he signed one of the highest recruits with Texas State has signed in the past eight years with uh, Taylor Starling. But in the ninth hour, the eighth hour, he got a re- offer from UTSA. So we're still waiting for him to sign. But, uh, yeah, good to, good things to see when you get a guy who you haven't even gotten the chance to sign someone like that caliber in eight years. Um, we also got Malik Hornsby running the quarterback, a guy who Nebraska was fighting for for a while. Um, they were thinking to maybe move him to wide receivers since they have a busy quarterback room. But Texas State's going to take a flyer on him at quarterback. Also got Joshua Eason uh, coming in from Oklahoma, a guy who I saw in that Texas OU game. Wasn't playing his best football, but I- I'm definitely excited to have him on the team. Uh, there's also a corner from Missouri who's transferred in, Darius Jackson. Um, I think he's really emphasized speed and emphasized that deep that defensive secondary. And I mean, I know we've seen a lot of good transfer recruits in the past few years under previous coaches, but I, I, this one just feels a little different. We're getting guys wh- who, you know, have had some sort of college success and guys who have had high school success winning. And you know, uh, this is very good uh, t- uh, news for Texas State and football in the city of San Marcos. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've personally, like, this feels like the momentum and the pieces that we need to really, like, do a complete turnaround. You get a new head coach, mm-hmm. get a new quarterback, you're signing really good, good, good recruits. I feel like this is some good momentum. And I mean, you're taking, you got a coach that just took UIW to a really amazing record. I mean, what, they no lose game. like two games two in the games, season, yeah. on the entire season. I mean, that's pretty hard to, I think that shows this guy's coaching talent. You know, I don't think of UIW as some team that has a lot of good players, but I know for a fact they have a coach that was really good. And he's now for, he's a Bobcat now. And you have a new quarterback. And now you got Jake Spavitol out here. So I feel so much better. I mean, <laughs> He, you can't be an offensive coordinator and head coach at the same time. It's just not going to work. He, he doesn't know work. how to do it. He was an offensive coordinator his entire career. Bill he came O'Brien. here trying to be a head coach, and he failed. And now we got a new head coach that knows how to be a head coach, and I'm really excited about it, and I don't think much needs to be said. But, you know, we need to talk about another type of football. We're talking national football. We're talking football playoffs, boys. They're about to start. I'm talking NFL playoffs, guys. Let's look at this playoff bracket in the NFC first. You got fifth seed Dallas Cowboys playing against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. You got the New York Giants playing against the Minnesota Vikings. You got the Seattle Seahawks playing against the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, in this NFC, we'll look at the AFC next, guys. What are y'all looking out at these first three games in the NFC playoff, guys? What are y'all expecting to see? Well, let me first start off by saying I'm more happy and blessed that the Green Bay Packers are not even in the playoffs. I'm so serious. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of seeing them in the playoffs. I'm tired of seeing Aaron Rodgers getting his butt kicked every time he gets at least far into either the divisional round or the conference championship. So, you know, thank you, Detroit, for not only beating them, but also thank you, Seattle, for winning their last game of the regular season. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank you. And but as far as the NFC goes, um, you know, there's been I feel like there's been an ongoing trend in the NFC playoffs because there's always been, you know, that one stunner. Obviously, last year, there's just a lot of stunners in the NFC last year with, uh, you know, with Dallas losing the way they lost with Dak not giving the ball to the ref. I don't know how you forget that. That's like a common rule. Um, And then, you know, obviously the Niners pulling off, 
you know, upsets against Dallas and then against Green Bay and then making it all the way to the conference championship against the, you know, uh, the Super Bowl winning champion Rams. So I feel like as far as Seattle and the Niners go, I mean, to me, this is home field advantage first. So I'm going to take the Niners and, you know, kind of roll with it. But as far as the other matchups, Giants, you know, Vikings and then Cowboys, Bucks, Brady has not beat Brady has beaten Cowboys since he's been in, in the NFL. I believe he's either 7-0 or 8-0. I, I forgot what the record was, but he has not lost against Dallas. And honestly, I'm looking for that streak to continue uh, for Tom Brady and the bu- for Tom Brady and the Bucks. I agree. Um, I feel like all year I've been hearing people talk about how um, how the Bucks, whoever they play in the playoffs, however they sneak in there, whoever they play, they should be scared. And I think this is like the perfect team they could have j- gotten going into the uh, week one or of the playoffs. And this team is coming off a bad loss to the Commanders, and I think I think the Tom, Tom Brady really has a good shot of just walking into the second round. Uh, I know y'all are looking at me with some faces right now, but it's true. I think Tom Brady, with his skill set against Dak with inexperience, who is still struggling to even get touchdowns at this point, um, I, I think Tom Brady has a good chance of, you know, walking to the second round. What have the Cowboys done after every single bad loss this season? Oh, my God. You saw that Twitter post, too? <laughs> no, I actually didn't. It's I didn't like see the Twitter post. Two wins or four wins after a loss. Well, and... I mean, they've absolutely demolished every single team that they've played after a bad loss. The Cowboys are a learn-from-their-mistakes team. I know Tom Brady is as well. They lost to the Bucks earlier in the season. Tom Brady's not going to forget that. The Cowboys are not going to forget that. I think it'll be a well-fought game. But I think at the end of the day, uh, I think it's time the Cowboys win a playoff game <laughs> um, and uh, and actually make their way uh, maybe – Maybe, maybe, maybe make a run. I don't know about all that. Uh, it's going to be difficult. The Cowboys are wishy-washy. I do. I will agree with that. They do have their struggles here and there. Um, but I do believe that they are a complete team besides Dak Prescott, uh, <laughs> which is kind of hard to say, especially. <laughs> I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I hate it. But I mean, I know he's not that guy. But at the end of the ga- at the end of the day, um, <laughs> neither was like. I mean, you look at Eli Manning, you look at like Troy Aikman, players like that, guys that guys that were, you know, they're they're quarterbacks they are good quarterbacks. They're wishy washy here and there. They're not the greatest of all time, but they can get you there and they can get the job done. I think at the end of the day, uh, it is a possibility that it could happen. I don't necessarily think it will. Uh, I think that um, the the Eagles are going to be a a tough one um, for whoever makes it out of uh, out of uh, this Cowboys and Bucks game. Um, but wow. uh, but at the end of the day, um, I do think the Cowboys will be uh, heading to Philadelphia I mean, to face the number one seed. They gotta make they gotta make up a lot of mistakes after last year. Yeah. The Commanders took advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was laughing because he said uh, you're, I don't think he's that guy in the audio. You're not that guy, pal. Uh, came in my <laughs> head, so that's what I'm, that's all laughing in the background. But you're talking about those quarterbacks who can get you there, and they're not necessarily like great all time quarterbacks, um, but they can get you there. And right instantly when you said that, I thought of Kirk Cousins because I think that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. I think. Uh, <laughs> but anyway uh you know just real quick predictions uh san fran uh behind uh brock purdy right now i mean they're looking pretty good i i got to watch brock purdy when he was with iowa state and Brees hall and that was irrelevant yeah that was that was some fun times but i mean geno smith i mean he's got the momentum too so you got two momentum guys going head to head so that'll be pretty fun this has probably been geno's 
Smith's best season since he's been in the league. Oh, I, without I doubt. I personal, personally, because I watched him play at West Virginia, and God, he was a stud at West Virginia. My goodness. But, I mean, since he's been in the league, he's been with, you know, just bad offensive systems and not really, you know, having the chance to actually you know, show his full, you know, talent, full potential. And now he has a chance to. You know, so, I mean, and, you know, a tough 49er team who obviously, you know, made, you know, a quarterback change with Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. So, and, you know, Purdy's now getting his first taste of, you know, playoff experience in the NFL. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, a lot of interesting quarterbacks like Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Skylar Thompson this week. For t- oh, for Tua, right. Yeah, Daniel Jones. I, mean, I don't know if Tyler Huntley is playing or for injured I- – um, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, yeah. but that's a lot of interesting quarterbacks in this playoff race to start at least. Yeah, I, I love that with every playoff, it seems that there's just like there's going to be one theme to it. You know, last year I think it was special teams. You remember Evan McShooter? Oh man, that guy could make field goals. You know, oh, and there were so many games <laughs> determined by a freak, a field goal. So it's going to be interesting to see what that you know what that theme will be this playoff. But I'm gonna tell you my what. I just want to say real quick, you and Evan McPherson. I mean, you <laughs> I love, love Evan that McPherson. guy. <laughs> you know, Did you say Evan McShooter. I mean, Evan he McShooter. was. <laughs> I think he I was going to choose him like there, his yeah. first pick for our fantasy league this year. I mean, like you love that. No, dude. I love that guy and then presley took him from me and i, I still <laughs> haven't forgiven her good job presley and i know that guy's that guy is a stud he, he said earlier you know i remember when he was back in the day when you, you know last year he was saying he was like i'm gonna i'm i got it like i'm no doubt in my mind this guy's a rookie and he's ever doing this like he's been doing his entire career which is amazing is he he's not a rookie he got that dog he's a rookie, yeah, he's a rookie. <laughs> all right here's my prediction Joe shysty yeah poo shysty he, here's my prediction <laughs> all right cowboys over bucks sorry here's the reason why tom brady He's having a temper tantrum of a year. He should have retired last year, <laughs> and this is going to be his stain on his career. Like MJ on the Wizards, this is him on the Bucks for the final year. I know that could be a controversial take, but I'm going to say it right now, and we're going to leave it there. New it. York Giants. Right now, Daniel Jones is about oh. to show you why he's Daniel Jones. This Danny guy, Dimes. Daniel Jones is playing Madden right now. Guy's giving you 150 rushing yards at the same time throwing it for 300 yards. I'm sorry, but that's the new version of NFL quarterbacks, and that's what I like to see. Don't even try and contest it. I know the Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, you know, they can do what they want to do, but the Vikings, I feel like, haven't been in the pl- relevant that much in the playoffs. I'm just going to say, time. hold on. Danny Dimes has been playing Madden on, like, pro mode. Now he's playing on all Madden mode, so <laughs> I think it's a little different. You're right. You're right. He's playing it on all, all Madden mode, so it's a little <laughs> different. Uh, Seahawks, sorry. You know, you're, you're out. Seahawks, they were here just to get the Packers out of it, They're and gone. guess what? They're gone. Uh, Jimmy G is going to take care of it, and that's just it. Now, uh, Jimmy G's injured. He's so. injured, so it'll be Mr. Brock Purdy. You know, this is why I don't watch the NFL. <laughs> <It's okay>. uh, <laughs> be honest. Okay, let's watch. Let's talk about the AFC, guys. You know, we, let's we'll keep it a little shorter, though. Um, let's talk about the Chargers and the Jaguars, guys. You know, this is a fun game, right? No. Uh, I mean, anybody I mean, watching it? Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I will because I love. I love Trevor Lawrence. I knew he was probably going to be a star in the NFL in previous years and in the, you know, the next coming years. And I like love Justin Herbert. I had him on my fantasy team for two of them this year, and I you know was victorious in one of them. So I was I mean, thank you know thank you Justin Herbert. Um, but I like this matchup because there's a lot of young talent on this team. However, if there's one thing that I will give Jags a little bit of advantage of is number one, they're at home. And number two, Mike Williams got hurt in the last week of the regular season for the Chargers. So, you know, now you got to rely on Keenan Allen and, you know, Austin Eckler to make, you know, make plays. And then obviously Gerald, Gerald Everett as well. So, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. But honestly, 
I think the Jags, uh, I mean, no disrespect to, you know, what Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have done, and I'm glad they won their division this year. But honestly, I think it's going to be a one-and-done team. I think the Chargers will win that. Yeah, I mean, they'll just appreciate making the playoffs. I don't think a lot of people saw this really happening, and it, it really just came into fruition the last few weeks. Uh, you really didn't <laughs> see it possible, and then and then they made it happen. I think this is really just the Chiefs division. Uh, this, this really has no contest unless Cincinnati – you know, really make some improvements. I mean, I know a lot of people are really high on Cincinnati, but I mean, they still have some blemishes on that team. Um, Baltimore, Baltimore's definitely got a tough road ahead. They got to beat Cincinnati, and they got they got a quarterback who hasn't played in a few weeks. And then I think the Bills take advantage of Miami pretty effortlessly pretty with easy, Sky yeah. Thompson, seventh round pick, rookie. Can't really do much. Mike McDaniel, although he's a good coach, uh, just the bad hand this week. You know, I gotta I gotta say, last year the Bengals were obviously the underdog. And they went all the way to the Super Bowl and barely lost the Super Bowl. I think there's going to be one team this year that it's like that. And if it's from the AFC, it's the Jacks. I think if it's from the NFC, I think that one would probably be uh, maybe the Seahawks. Maybe. But, uh, I mean, you never know. Uh, the Jaguars, they, they got something going on right now with Doug Peterson. And, I mean, Doug Peterson led the freaking... 2017 Eagles with a backup Nick Foles over the great Tom Brady and still the great one, Patriots. Still one of the greatest teams so in NFL history. I think he's wanting to repeat it this time with a different team to prove everyone, like, or prove to more specifically Philadelphia, this, this is what y'all get for firing me. Um, but I, I think as far as Ravens and Bengals, I think it does depend on if Lamar plays or not, obviously. But uh, I, I even think with Lamar, I think the Bengals just have a better overall team. Yeah. Uh, obviously the Bills. Bills are my second favorite team. Uh, and it, I know that seems kind of like a bandwagon Super move, Bowl. but I kind of started liking them with that Tyrod Taylor, uh, LaShawn McCord era. Hey. I saw Colton. Uh -huh. hey. Just like Colton liking the Bills. Well, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, he's a bit. But, he's I mean, I just I kind of like that. And then Josh Allen, I love Josh Allen's history. I love, like, Absolutely. he was nobody. And then now he's potential MVP for the NFL. So, I um I just love that story. I love what this Bills. I mean, we won't get into all that, but what they have gone through so far this season, I think it will be pretty cool, pretty special for them. Plus, I mean, the Dolphins don't have Tua, so uh, I think they just kind of snuck in here uh, without Tua. So I think Bills got that one. Yeah, I was you know actually I was actually gonna you know bring this up because I know. Uh, for the majority of people who watched that Monday Night Football game between the Bills and the Bengals, I'm going to tell you all, that was probably one of the more frightening scenes I think I've ever seen in, in any sport, in any sport, not just, you know, football, basketball, soccer. Because soccer, you kind of see that a lot in soccer sometimes. But, you know, just to have that happen in the NFL with, you know, DeMar Hamlin, that's just, that's just a rare, just a rare case. But um, it was reported, I believe, a couple days ago that he has been discharged from the hospital. So he is actually so he's completely out of the hospital and he's you know back home with you know his family and his friends. I even saw a video where he was actually he actually went to one of his teammates' his house and stuff, and it popped up on the ring cam and stuff that he was you know paying a visit to one of his teammates' his, uh, teammates' house. So, um, but you know, just a big shout out to the Bills and the Bengals for you know what they did that night, and also. His toy draw, his toy fundraiser that he started after college, that after college was at three million. That is up now over eight million dollars mm. for his uh for his GoFundMe uh toy fundraiser uh drive. So honestly, that that's just an amazing story in itself. Absolutely, Bills are my Super Bowl pick though this year for sure. 
they've gone through enough and plenty that I think that they deserve this. To me, I sure. feel I feel like this is more of like a storybook. I feel like this is like a storybook. You know what I mean? Because you know, there's you know, obviously, I, God, I don't even want to bring up English, but like, there's your you know, your climax, and then your volley action, and then your yeah, they definitely have some resolution. motivation. Yeah, school is really like starting that, again. Just, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Come on, professor, <laughs> <laughs> professor Jack. But no, I think you know, obviously, you know. With, the, with the whole Damar Hamlin situation, that's their climax, and now their resolution is possibly being Super Bowl champions. And I feel like the season for them has been, you know, like a storybook that could be easily like just written. It's 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 crazy. Very movie like. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a too early just to talk about Super Bowl predictions just yet. But I will tell you we'll something I can predict. <laughs> I can predict another Bills Chief overtime thriller. And I'm so excited because last time we watched that, I was just like, you know, I don't even want to watch the Super Bowl anymore. I just want to watch these guys play three overtimes. And that no, was that was an amazing. The overtime rules have changed. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting to see uh how this game will be. I know Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they they love playing against each other, and I would expect to see that again in the AFC. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see the Jags do good. I know a lot of Jags fans that have lived their whole entire like they lived so long, and they're like, "Oh, we never do anything in the playoffs." And then now Leonard they're here. Fournette and Blake Bortles yeah. take, taking Brady, Tom Brady to the limit a few years ago. Oh yeah, that's kind of a forgotten year, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because he what lost a, to the Eagles, right? Yeah. What yeah. a podcast, though. I mean, it's been what a month. It's been one first one of twenty twenty three. So congratulations, Woo! guys. But I mean, I mean, look what a star-studded month it's been. You had, uh, obviously, sadly, you had the Demar Hamlin deal. Yeah, but as far as on a positive note, you had Luca sixty-point oh triple God, double. Yes, uh, you've had. 71. What's uh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, which you know, sadly, that got overlooked LeBron with James the to Hamlin situation. The I love for once y'all want to talk about basketball because I keep all this stuff. Let's in, bro. let's talk about basketball. We we've got oh, we got, got a little bit. Why of time. not? We've got you know time. why not? My let's car might be being towed, but <laughs> oh crap! We're I here. forgot about that. We're here. It's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll pitch in for the ticket. No, uh, no, no, not necessary. It's my choice. Make that two. Let me talk about this. <laughs> what team are y'all the most ex- what what teams do y'all see getting out of the West and the East right Dallas now? Packers. Just say it right now. Uh, I, I got the Celtics Dallas out of the Packers. East. Just uh, I, I think they're early you know, predictions, but early <laughs> predictions. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but I think the Celtics are a really like scary team to look out for this year. Uh, Jason Tatum's really looking <coughs> <can't> for, <coughs> but um, but what's great about the NBA right now is it's actually open for once. I don't really feel yes. like one team has. I'm glad somebody said it. Thank you. Um, at, like. When teams are dealing with injuries, obviously that's always going to be happening, but yeah. teams actually feel even fair. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, even the race for the bottom is fun, and me being a Spurs fan, uh, we're still in the race for Wemby. Um, we're in the bottom four. Rockets fan here. You're uh-huh. not getting them, buddy. Uh, we have the same odds. If we finish the bottom three, it doesn't really matter if you're worse than us. We still <laughs> have a chance. Um, so we're going ta- to we're gonna keep you know trudging. I think we try to win a game every now and then so people don't think we're losing on purpose or anything. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, fun. it's been fun to watch the NBA the past few weeks. I'll tell you one team who I think a lot of people are sleeping on this year, and that's the Sacramento Kings mm. this year because they are absolutely – dominating this season even though they're fifth in the west but they're still in you know that playoff that playoff upper bracket and so honestly i love what mike brown is doing with this team i know he's had a lot of you know coaching history with coaching you know a very young lebron james and uh obviously you know the big time assistant coach and you know at golden state when he won all those championships as well so i really love what uh, and then also, you know, also assistant coach to Greg Popovich as well. So I really love how talented this team is with Harrison, Bar- you know, with Harrison Barnes, and then obviously uh, uh, Dante Sabonis as well. And then you know, uh, 
is it De- 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 DeAndre? It's DeAndre Fox, right? Did I get that name right? DeAndre De- De- Fox. De- okay, yeah. So I mean, this team, this this is a really talented group, and then they might be a real sleeper in the West, but uh, you know, I don't know who I don't know who's going to be stopping you know Luka Doncic in the West. Though I'm mm. not going to lie to you. I can just answer that for you. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody will be stopping Luca. Now, the rest of the Mavericks team, yeah, they'll be stopping them. But Luca, particular, I mean, Luca needs help. Like, yeah. please, yes. Mark Cuban, if you somehow are glancing over random podcasts on the daily, Shark if you, tank. Stover, you come over ours, please, please give him some help. I, I just, I, he needs some help. I mean, the fact that this guy puts up a 60 point triple double and barely beats a decent team. I mean, he's literally given us all every single night, and we're barely beating. I mean, we barely beat the Spurs, and they're in second to last place in the yeah, West. We gave him a fight. Like, Six points, I, think. I mean, come on. You know. We got to give him something. And Justin, don't give me that face. <laughs> but the Mavericks, the Mavericks, uh, I love the Mavericks, but really, let's just talk about Dallas as a whole right now. I just want to give them a shout out because that's my home area. You've got the Mavericks Bias. that are doing <laughs> the Mavericks that are doing good. <laughs> Cowboys making the playoffs. Um, oh, you've Lord. got TCU, which is in the Dallas area, making. We won't talk about that anymore. <laughs> oh, but I was just shout out to, to TCU blowout. But you know, we weren't here for the the high school state championships game. Three oh, man, three Dallas areas, all within a South fifteen Dallas. mile radius. Yeah. Radius. Uh, what what sucks is I played against all three of those teams at oh, one point. No. And I got demolished against all three. Um, but great programs, you know, shout out to uh, Samples, you know, finally after a 30 year head coaching career, finally got his first uh, title and, you know, huge congrats to him. So uh, Dallas, you know, way to represent. Um, and I'll lead with this or end with this. Um, you know, Dallas is kind of running the state right now because Houston ain't doing anything and San Antonio ain't doing anything. So we just won the World Dallas, Series. Dallas, here we go. Oh, what <laughs> about the Texans? You want to talk about the Texans? Uh, no. <laughs> hey, man, we just want a team in San Antonio, okay? Listen here. This is hey, my. Y'all have the XFL team? Oh, what are they called? no. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're not the Brahmas? We're not, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. The Dwayne Johnson owned Brahmas of San Antonio. Before we go, I'm going to go on my little NBA spill because I didn't get a chance to. Guys, you all have a go wonderful on. day. I'll see you all later. Oh, really? <laughs> Listen, Luka Doncic and the Mavs are not winning it. I'm sorry. And here's the thing. I love Luka Doncic. He's an amazing player. And just as you mentioned, you need he needs, he needs, he needs help because the truth is Dallas is not – a free agency destination. It really ain't. It's not, not it's been not. fun. It never has, has been. Spencer Dinwiddie has been one of the best free agents we've gotten in a while, and Chris Tapsworzingas for Dallas. And and right now, unicorn. You got, yeah, right now you got Christian Wood who's doing pretty good, and mm-hmm. that's great. But right now, Luka Doncic, he has the highest usage rate of any any NBA player Jeez. currently. He he has the highest isolations per game than any NBA player currently. You know, Mark Cuban, Jason Kidd, they're literally just saying, give this guy the ball and just let him run the game, mm-hmm. and that and it works and it does work. But here is a team that I'm telling you is going to get to the Western Conference Finals and may possibly get to the NBA ter- uh, NBA championship. And that is the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh. And I'm sorry. Here's really? The, why are you hating, bro? No, I don't Listen know why. here. I was just guessing. I was like, you need John Morant. <laughs> John Morant. That man oh, started good. the season with the highest uh, highest of field goal percentage even in the paint, and that's over centers like Anthony Davis and other players. I mean, well, he's a power forward technically, but, you know, <laughs> other centers like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. But right now, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Denver Nuggets 
Nuggets may be the Western Conference final. No, it's just basic to say the one and two seeds, but I just love seeing as an NBA fan, it makes me so happy to see the Lakers at the bottom yeah, and teams oh like the God, Pelicans. Yes. When have mm-hmm. we ever seen the Pelicans in the playoffs like this? Since, I mean, it, since Chris Paul. Chris Paul, right? Yeah. So it, to be as an NBA fan, it's Oh, no, they made, I'm sorry, they made it last year. Yeah, as an eight seed or something. Well, yeah, but they, I mean, they at least they made it and yeah, they gave yeah, the yeah. Suns a six game, you know, series, you know? True, true. But I'm just saying right now, I love the Pelicans. I love the Grizzlies. I mean, they're doing amazing. My Rockets, you know, we're tanking like with sure. JP and we're going to get Wimby. I just have a really strong feeling Victor's going to come to us and it's over, <laughs> man. Once we have them, I mean, our team is complete. We have Alperin Shagoon. We got freaking Josh Christopher, bro. We got Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Jabari, Jabari Smith. Yeah. Yeah, who has so actually been kind of the Jabari know. Smith was a letdown. I'm gonna be sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's averaging like 11 points, seven points a game. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, that's Southwest it. division doing good then because uh, Grizzlies what first? No, second in the West second right now. In the West. Yeah, and uh, Pels, New Orleans yeah. fourth, Dallas. It's fifth. beautiful. I love it. I love watching this. It's gonna be such an exciting playoff coming up. The East though, I mean, we're gonna talk about some teams in the East. Boston Celtics are obviously going to be there East again. Is pretty, East is pretty much the same like how last year was. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Jason Tatum is just going off and changing the league. But if you may have saw it yesterday, I mean, in the East, I mean, Miami Heat, <laughs> I'm just playing. They're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were 40 for 40 at the yeah, free throw line. How about that? What a statistic. It's like the, the women's basketball team. They're, they're doing pretty good from the free throw line. Yeah, but, you know, if we're going to say anything really early on on this one, I'm going to leave it as MVP, MVP conversation. Two people need to be in it, and they're not in it usually. John Morant, Luka Doncic need to be really considered this year. Oh, absolutely. I don't yes. believe that Joel Embiid and Nikola, uh, no. Nikola Jokic need no. to be talked about another year. I know the NBA loves to do it because they want it to be seen as an international league. They're trying to give it to players like that. I know you can give it to Luka. He's an international player, but John Morant, he's doing great as well. Just give it to these players that are obviously turning around their entire franchise and stop just – I don't know. I know Nicola and Joel have, but it's like, why have we been talking about him for the past four years in a row? I mean, it's like, come yeah. on, Doug. Yeah, guys, we need a new race. <laughs> and Giannis, okay, yeah, Yanni's doing great, but like, he's just always great. You know, what do you expect? But yeah, that was my tangent, uh, yeah. and we'll talk more about the NBA as it continues. But guys, what a great episode and a great start to the new year. Woo-woo. You can catch this episode of Claws to the Wall on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you find your podcast in anything like that follow ktsw sports on twitter and instagram and we'll make sure and keep posting that amazing content and look forward to new claws the wall claws the wall episodes in the future but for paxton graff jp flanagan and kobe jackson and kyle owen and kyle owen who left a little early we see y'all later and let's hope i didn't get towed everyone have a good one <laughs>